This episode of Half a Star is sponsored by Doug Ford's Provincial Conservative Government. Because someone has to come last. On this episode of Half a Star, Justin and I are going to answer your questions. Isn't that right, Justin? That's correct. We've got questions all across the board. We've had our fans ask us, name your top three dairy bars on PEI, or which golden girl do you most identify with? And the most pressing one, how do you two stay friends after all these years? We'll answer those and some more questions on this episode of Half a Star. He's Justin. He's Ben. Take it away, Rob. I don't listen because it's a podcast. But if you feel that you must, here they are then, Ben and Justin. Together they are half of a star. Uh, what the hell are you doing? I don't know. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> Why is one of these just yellow? <laughs> Shut up. You dummy. Uh, okay. What are you doing? We're back. Uh so Ben is uh he's laughing at me right now because we're going through the questions and he asked me to try to organize them into the ones that Ben would ask and the ones I would ask. And I will never ask you to do that again. Yeah, as soon as you ask that, I'm like, you're gonna regret that. I have a very uh, Justin-specific coding system. Uh, (laughs) What I did was I went through the list and I highlighted some of them yellow and some of them green. However, uh, I did not specify who was yellow, who was green, and also sometimes I screwed up and I accidentally, instead of highlighting, I just made the text yellow. So sometimes there's yellow font. Uh, I'm sure none of this means anything on, a, on an audio-only medium, but uh, suffice it to say, I'm not the one who should be in charge of, uh, of filing. All that to say, everyone, uh, it's been a while since Justin and I have done this, and boy, does it feel like it. So we're excited to be back. We're uh, really excited to dive into your questions because we put a call out on Instagram and Facebook over the last week or so, and people have been writing in with their questions that they desperately want us to answer, and they range from um, pretty, uh, pretty, I was going to say shallow, but that sounds mean. Um, Pretty, uh, you know, uh, you know, like pop culture questions. Yeah, yeah, all the way down to something that might actually uh, cause a bit of an emotional response. So yeah. I'm really excited. Yeah, we we'll kind of start maybe with the last one. Well, just to mention, we had a question come in amongst all the pop culturey ones. We were asked, "How have you two stayed friends after all these years?" And I'm glad we're keeping that one to the end because. Uh, uh, I don't, I honestly, I don't know if I could answer that off the top of my head. It's not like a shoot from the hip kind of, kind of question. Um, but I, I can't wait to, can't wait to continue stalling the question to avoid vulnerability. That's uh, exactly it's my brand, yeah. baby. So Justin, why don't we say that I'm yellow and you're green? That's exactly, see, I knew it would work. That's exactly how I imagined us doing it. There, and that's how we've stayed friends this whole time. Great episode, Justin. We'll see you next week. <laughs> no, but seriously. I don't listen because it's a <laughs> podcast. 
Um, but no, we, we want to get to these questions. So let's, uh, let's start at the beginning, as people are wont to do. And uh, I'll ask you the first question, and we will both answer each question as be to the best of our abilities. And then we will put the matter to rest um, every time. Sure. Sure. All right, Justin. So here's a big one to start off with. We're starting off with a difficult one, okay? <laughs> if you had to only eat strawberry yogurt forever or guacamole forever, and by guacamole, this person has specified with no chips or anything like that. So no crackers, nothing to dip in it, only guacamole. So if you had to eat only strawberry yogurt or only guacamole for the rest of your life, which one would you pick? In terms of what would I, what would I prefer to eat? That would be strawberry yogurt. I would prefer to eat strawberry yogurt just because uh, I think it's a flavor I could enjoy uh, perhaps a, a lot longer than just, uh, than just guacamole. However, there is a considerable amount of dairy in yogurt. And I am familiar with Jamie Lee Curtis's target audience in those Activia commercials. Uh, that'll go right through you. Uh, so what you're, what you're saying is that you're scared of regularity. Uh, I, I define myself as an ir irregular person by, in most right. facets of my life. So guacamole, I feel like if, if I didn't want to, uh, I don't know. What I'm trying to say is if I didn't want to poop aggressively, I would eat guacamole. I think that would probably be the safer of the two choices. But right. what I prefer taste-wise, I'd say strawberry yogurt. Okay. I'm on a similar wavelength to you. Uh, strawberry yogurt for me, regardless of whether it was something I would have to eat forever or not. Mm. Um it's, it totally slaps. Strawberry yogurt is incredible. I love it so much. And you know me really well. I tend not to eat things that are green. So uh, strawberry yogurt all day. There we go. That's yeah. a one down, like a dozen to go. Nice. Um, next question came in from uh, our Instagram thing. Uh, what is your favorite season of community? And this is a uh, I'm going to be careful with this one because we strived, Ben, we work really hard on this podcast to ensure that it's not a, uh, a pop culture only kind of podcast where we're just yeah. talking about our, our fans of like, Oh, we like this show. Remember this show. <laughs> Remember that show. Yeah. This is, this is a question that I think um, this could be the whole podcast. Yeah. That's why um, I'm like, let's be careful. Yeah, well, and in, and in fact, uh, it was a whole episode of a podcast, really, when we went over and joined Dana and Mark on a few Goodman. Shout out to friends of the show. Shout out. Um, but I will say what I said there, again, for here. Um, and I will say that I believe that community was never better than it was in its first season. And I know that there are a lot of people out there that think that season two is probably the peak. Hmm. And I understand why they say that. But I think... Season one was sort of an extended homage because Community got really uh, famous for their homages, right? And I think season one was an extended homage to the traditional sitcom. Mm -hmm. And for someone like me who loves the traditional sitcom so much, seeing what they were able to do within that framework was really interesting to me. Also, it's got the first paintball episode, which yeah. I think that the paintball episodes were never better than the first one. It's got the Chicken Fingers Goodfellas episode. Yep. There's a lot going on in that season that I think is absolutely perfect. Now I got to rewatch Community. I think we watched it maybe twice during the pandemic. So now we're diving back yep. in. Um, <laughs> for me, uh, I would actually have to say, I think season three. Season three was a big one. Okay. Uh, I will say season one, I love 
uh, I love sentimental, like for sentimental reasons of just mm. like, oh, this is where I kind of got to fall in love with the characters, got to fall in love with the show. Like you had a lot of firsts with that season. Uh, but with season three, it was right around when we started seeing Britta really get more developed as a character. And she went from being like kind of an uninteresting kind of peripheral character within the group, like not really kind of two dimensional, but then she became something kind of stupid, like just yeah. wonderfully. And, and I mean that in a clown sense, like just wonderfully stupid, loving, hating her decisions and, uh, I did not expect to go on that journey with her. So well, it's it's funny because in the in the first season, she literally exists to be the love interest for exactly. for Jeff's character, and then by season three, you get people saying, "Oh, you Britted it." Yeah. Or I don't know if it's season three or not, but the dean during that uh, Glee Club episode, I think that's later on in the series. But like the dean at, in the Glee Club episode realizing that Brit is in the show and just going, "Oh, Brit is in this," <laughs> and still my favorite joke perhaps from the series knock knock who's there oh it's cancer come on in we thought it was Britta (laughs) (laughs) ouch so uh yeah that is um that is our thoughts on community stay tuned for what I can only assume will be a community rewatch podcast hosted by the two of us coming in the coming weeks great Uh, (laughs) that's what we need that's what we need another podcast um, all right, Justin, we have adequately established your thoughts on uh, dairy consumption. Yes. However, our next question is going to stay in that ballpark. So oh. uh, this person wants to know what our top three dairy bars are in Prince Edward Island and what we would get from each of them. All right. Dairy bars. Like when I, I'm still in kind of shock from Cats where they had like dairy <laughs> bars, like in the movie Cats. Yeah. Uh, so I'm trying to get that image out of my head. So I'm interpreting dairy bars as a place where you might get ice cream. I assume that's the, I think that's what they're talking about. Yes. Um, top three dairy bars. Uh, I don't know if this is in any particular ascending or descending order, but cows. Okay. We're going to put cows on the shelf. Like Mm -hmm. we get it. You're cows. Yeah. Yeah. Billy Timbers downtown. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. You want quality and quantity? Mm-hmm. Damn, Billy Timbers. You yep. spicy. You good. Uh, so Billy Timbers, just great selection, great staff. Uh, Gillis's Drive-In uh, in Montague, just inside mm-hmm. of Montague, technically. Broodnell. Broodnell by way of Montague. Broodnell. Roseneath. Roseneath. Uh, <laughs> so Gillis's Drive-In. And uh, great ice cream. They can swirl it up for you. Yep. Um, that's really good down there. And uh, this might be a little controversial, uh, but I'm going to say the Charlottetown Dairy Queen, not just, be- okay. not just because of the ice cream, but because when that space was constructed, my dad was one of the construction guys who worked there. Wow. Every time we drove by when I was a kid, my mom would always say, your father helped build that. And you would never stop in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, also, my dad helped build Gillis's as well. So. <laughs> I think, I, isn't, isn't that Dairy Queen like the busiest Dairy Queen in the country or something? I believe it's the busiest in the franchise, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, Forbes magazine listed it as such, and I don't quite, I, I yeah. don't know why, but sure. Well, I, I think it's all of those Colonel Gray musical theater kids coming there after their concerts. Yeah, and they really are like kind of bumping as a restaurant, whereas... Um, yes, 
a lot of other Dairy Queens I've seen are a little more kiosky. Yeah. So Justin, um, my answer for this, I'm really glad that somebody asked this because I have, I have the receipts. Oh, because when I broke both of my arms last summer, and I'm not sure if people remember that I did that. Oh, I, I think we do, but we okay. can always use the reminder. Yeah. yeah, so I broke both of my arms last year, and my parents decided that it would be kind of a fun thing to do for a staycation to go on a Kings County dairy bar crawl. <sighs> okay. Yeah, and so we did, we, we basically covered the entire county uh for um for dairy bars and we got milkshakes at each one of them right uh and we kind of compared and contrasted the different milkshakes at the different establishments and what i came up with was probably my fail safe top three so my top three are um there's a dairy bar in surrey and i think it's called the porch Okay. But it's got like a massive deck. It's on the second floor of a building and it's got a massive deck. That one was incredible. Um, Daryl's in Georgetown, its milkshake game is yeah. unbelievable. Right. And then uh, there was also uh, a, a really, really nice one on the boardwalk at St. Peter's as well. Very nice. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you, uh, you took the initiative to support local businesses, and I just went off of a uh, franchise. <laughs> the good for no, you. But, yeah. but yeah, like the thing, like I had a vanilla milkshake at each one of those because I wanted to get the least creative thing possible, and uh, there, it was great. I, that's a good litmus test, though. Just like, give yeah. me your worst food item or least popular one, one that you don't care about, and that'll kind of tell you the quality of the overall establishment. I was once yeah. told you could tell the quality of a Chinese restaurant based on their egg roll. Mm-hmm. Anyway. <laughs> uh, all right. Speaking of Chinese food restaurants, Justin, let's do our next yeah. question. <laughs> next question. Uh, we got a question. What is your favorite bridge? Oh. Yeah. Okay. So, Justin, we're both from PEI. Yes. We know what bridge. We know the elephant in the room when it comes to bridges. Yes. Now, my bridge is not going to be that bridge. Good. I'm not even, I'm not even gonna put it into the space. I'm not gonna say it. I'm not gonna make people think about it. I am going with the Heartland Covered Bridge in Heartland, New Brunswick. Wow, okay. Yes, I know, New Brunswick. I said it, wow. I meant it, and I'm not taking it back. So in the town of Heartland, New Brunswick, there is a bridge that crosses the St. John River, and it is the longest covered bridge in Canada, maybe the world. I can't remember. Let me look it up. But anyway, while I'm looking it up, I'm going to say that I crossed this bridge as a child. And uh, apparently, if you make a wish and then you hold your breath for the length of the bridge, right, it will come true. And uh, I was not successful. I tried. I made it about two thirds of the way across because I had wee little 10 year old lungs. And, uh, you know, we got there, we tried it, it worked out, but uh, the wish did not. And it is the world's longest covered bridge at 1,282 feet. Huh. All right. Yeah. Crosses the St. John River. Fascinating. I guess um, my favorite bridge is. Uh, Jeff. Ugh. Ugh. Moving on. Yeah. 
Um, so Justin, where is somewhere that you most want to visit and somewhere that you never want to visit? Uh, somewhere I want to visit and never want to visit. Um, uh, I don't know. I wanderlust is not something that, um, runs deep in me necessarily. I like to, I like to travel for work and that I'm, I'm sick in the head. I don't stop working. Uh, I love Canada. I love seeing different parts of Canada. I think that there's a lot of uh, unique aspects about it. I have never been to the United States. And I know this sounds like such a, a lazy answer, but I've never actually been to New York or Chicago or Boston. I'm really fascinated to see those places at least once in my life. If nothing else, like uh, I want to see the New York comedy scene. I, I know people yeah. there and I actually, I've never actually been, I've talked to people about going, uh, but you know, the world's kind of in a rough spot right now and yeah. uh, travel's kind of hard. Uh, so where I want to visit and where I don't want to visit are the same answer. It's the United <laughs> States. Uh, I want to go, but I don't, I wish there was a way to uplift those places out of the uh, uh, the dumpster fire of the U.S. Uh, it's, yeah. uh, it's in a bit of rough. Not that Canada's in much better shape, mind, but uh, you know, yeah, hot take. Um, my my answer for this uh, is kind of actually similar to the, some of the uh, some of the feelings that you were expressing there. I want to go to Banff really okay. badly, and I want to see that like pastoral classic Canadian vista. Yeah, and like. I want to like take the train. Like I want to get on via rail and I want to take the train to Banff oh, and like see the country. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. And, and I, that was not something I recognized in myself until tra the right to travel was like taken away from me during the pandemic mm -hmm. because I can feel myself getting a little itchy with wanderlust. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I'm really excited by that prospect and I don't know a place I never want to visit. Um, Florida. Yeah, yeah, no. You know what I mean? Like yeah, I just whatever, sure right? Uh, yeah. So that was easy. Yeah. Moving on. Uh, I will say I have been. Uh, I think I have been to Banff. Uh, it's beautiful. I think it was Banff or 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 Jasper. I can't remember where. Yeah. We lived... drove through Banff, but like I was like, yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> where's Where's Lake Louise? Yeah, it's around there. I yeah. think it's in Alberta somewhere. I loved it. It was like, that was a spellbinding experience. Yeah. Uh, I drank the water. Oh. Uh, they said to not to, but I did. <laughs> so uh, that's what happened. Yeah. I <laughs> If you could catch it, like if Pokemon Go was a thing at the time, I would wager that's the only place you could catch a Lapras. Like it's yeah, 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 yeah. Spot. All right. Now moving on. Uh, who asked that one? You? I asked that one. Yep. All right. We're on to a TV question. This is a good one for the both of us, I think, fancying ourselves writers and funny boys. Um, if you could be a head writer on a TV show, what would you call it? I guess uh, we, we're calling the TV, we're making up this TV show. If you could be a head writer on a TV show, what would you call it? And can I please join the writing team and also star in it? And what would my on-screen role be? And I have to identify the person who wrote this is Carly Billings of uh, uh, Ghosts Are Everywhere podcast. Uh, she submitted this question and I wanted to acknowledge who submitted it mostly because uh, of how much the questioner is involved in the question. Yeah, no, I mean, this, this is a question that's not so much about us. 
and it's yeah. more about her wanting us to give her a job which yes. hey look shoot your shot shoot fair your shot. enough <laughs> um i'm gonna start i'll start um we just had a we just had a production meeting actually Justin, we, did. we did um about some other projects that we're working on and we came up with the idea of a title for something that i think is really funny called the benton hartley project yes yeah uh so that's what i would call my show kind of like the mindy project sort of uh sort of vibes i don't know if i would necessarily work at a gynecologist's office but you you, you get what i'm saying yeah um and so yeah i would call it the benton hartley project i'd be the head writer on it carly absolutely come and join the writing team you can also be in it and you would obvi obviously carly if you're listening and i know that you are because otherwise why would you have asked this question carly you would be the main antagonist because as you're very aware i consider you the main antagonist of my life and i love you deeply and i you know uh, the, it's the kind of love that only two mortal enemies can have so you would come in and you would be my moriarty to my sherlock holmes you know what i mean Nice. absolutely that's a great answer uh i don't know if i uh i don't know if i could conceive of like a new show just like off on the spot like i love uh i, I love spec scripts i love like uh writing ideas for other shows like as a writer i've conceptualized a number of uh like spec scripts for shows that already exist. And I want to submit them to these shows, not these shows, but like to show that I can write in the voice of a, of a pre-existing show. Um, so ones that already exist, uh, two shows that uh, uh, I kind of stewed on specs for were uh, Big Mouth and uh, Letter Kenny. That's mm -hmm, it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, oh, what was, uh, I can't remember what the Big Mouth pitch was. I think it might've been a, Diana, yeah. you remember my, <laughs> what was my spec for Big Mouth? Was it Christmas? I wrote a letter Kenny Christmas. Diana, come here. Uh, we, are, we are now being joined by host of Drunk Musicals, Diana Moser. Everyone, please welcome her. Hi. Hi, listeners. Uh, Diana, I tell every blessed idea that I have uh, to Diana. Uh, and I remember I had an idea for an episode of Big Mouth, and I can't remember what it is. What uh, was it about a dance? I know I'm trying to remember a Christmas dance. <gasps> Maybe that's what it was. Oh, I remember. I think it was about uh, Nick, the character Nick, in one of the seasons. He committed a uh, uh, a very very shitty act towards Missy, a character. Mm -hmm. Like he was very uh, he was very bad to her. Uh, but he's like a quote unquote nice guy and, uh, he wants to be friends with everybody. And I think the episode surrounded, um, him making things right with her. He hated how upsetting her made him feel. So he wanted to, uh, apologize, but it was about him learning, uh, what an apology actually means. It's not about him. It's about her and, uh, whether or not she actually would, uh, would accept his apology. Yeah, that had something to do with like a gift or something too, right? Wasn't yeah, it? Or... Yeah, Christmas gift. Ah, this is Getting... terrible content. This is, uh... <laughs> thank God Diana's here. I don't know if I really have helped at all. Maybe it's just my presence. Yeah. All right. Because uh, it's Christmas. Do you want to stay for it? No, I'm, I'm working. Oh, thank oh you. yeah. Okay. She, she has a job. That's nice. Okay. <laughs> Shut down. I'm going to go work at my job now. All right, can so. we get... <laughs> Ew! 
Mom and dad, gross. I was Diana Moser. That's my wife to be. So, can Carly star in this spec script for Big Mouth, and what would her role be? Um, no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I I mean, she can write with me. We could write it together, but they they already have a cast. Right. That's uh, fair. <laughs> I, mean, I um. I think we better move on now uh, on that note to Carly's second question. Yes. Which uh, is simply, how dare you? I don't know if that was Carly, actually. That might have been her uh, podcast partner. Oh, yeah. No, I knew Carly submitted two, two questions, but I just wasn't sure. Right. Well, either way, this came from the shared minds of uh, uh, Ghost Star Everywhere podcast, another great podcast. Uh, it's great to have uh, questions from... Uh, uh, past uh, past podcast guests. Uh, yeah, this question is, how dare you? Uh, and so my answer yes. is, uh, I, I, I dare very easily. That's how I dare. Uh, I dare like this. Uh, Benton. Yep. I dare you to pick your nose and eat it. Okay. Here I go listeners he's doing it oh my god he's doing it oh my god ben don't diana you gotta see this <laughs> oh, she's giving me the middle finger oh my god this is insanity listeners he just his whole hand up his schnoz and he pulled out a, a booger the size of a baseball and it was too big for his mouth, so he licked it, and then he's, oh, he winked as if to say, "I'll save it for later." Wow! You can put your headphones back on now, Ben, and put your mic wow. back in. And see <clears throat> yeah! Wow! Wow! I can't. Believe, that was a first. And yeah, that was that was a that was a half a star first. Legendary. Crazy. Uh, I think this one's yours to ask. Okay. Um, which golden girl do you most identify with? Mm, mm -hmm. So I want to get this out of the way right now. I've never seen it. What? Oh, hell. Get out of here. Um, you have not so seen I, Golden Girls? I have not. No. Um, oh. Yeah. So I'm going to say Rose. Rookie. And I don't know anything about that other than she's played by Betty White. Oh, man. Actually, no. Something tells me I might be the mom. Oh, uh, the, uh, yeah, I know who you mean. I'm trying to remember her name. Sophia? Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's Sophia, Dorothy, Blanche, and Rose. Sophia was the mom of uh, B. Arthur's character, but the actor, if I'm not mistaken, was actually the youngest of the cast yeah. members. Yeah. Uh, hilarious. Little Dynamo. God, she's funny. Uh, I don't know. Who do I most identify with? Um, I don't know. I think for you identifying with Ben, I see you way more as B. Arthur. And okay, I don't yeah. just like droll and kind of like eye roll and like kind of the straight man, but yeah, like, okay. That's not fair. without your charm. So yeah, that's my opinion. Okay, cool. And there's a certain sternness to the both of you too. Like, <laughs> just like, I feel like if you walked into a room and people didn't know you, they probably would think you hate them. I get that so often. And that's kind of B. Arthur's vibe. She doesn't you strike know, me as a friendly person. 
I've had to start walking around with a set facial expression so that people don't think I'm mad. I have to walk around assuming a facial expression. Oh my God. Just put a, <laughs> wear a mask with a big smile on it. Yeah, I know. Well, it, the problem is I have heavy brows. So I always look like I'm scowling. And so even if I had a smiley face on, I'd still look evil. Yeah. Um, so how about you? I don't want to say Rose. I feel like that's kind of an obvious one just because I'm, I'm goofy and she's goofy, but like, there's more to me going on than just that. Like, uh, I don't know. I think I'm more of a Sophia, I think in the terms of like, uh, uh, I'm sassy at times, but also I can be a, a little shrill. I can be difficult. <laughs> uh and uh you know so sophia smacks dorothy around which hello that's our thing so yeah that's true i think it works i buy out. that having I, having never seen it i buy that reasoning i'm your mom so that makes sense <laughs> uh oh this is a fun one so what was your favorite episode slash interview yeah this is um, this was submitted by our friends at the Falling Iguana Theater Company who were really just campaigning for us to say them. Yes. Which is fine. They're a contender. I mean, they're good. They were... Uh, yeah. That was like in early days. That was like early days recording. Uh, yeah, that's before we knew what we were doing, assuming that we know what we're doing now. Yeah. Um, they were great. I really like them. I like their work a lot. I yeah. They're... Uh, want to talk about artists who know themselves and know what they're doing with their company that's that's yeah absolutely they, they get it if, if somebody if if you if they come to your town and they're performing diana i knew you when we were 14 um go see it yeah, yeah. it's a dynamite show it is dynamite we got to see it actually we got to see that show when we premiered half a star the staged version yeah but, yeah this used to be a play <laughs> could you imagine oh god i know um anyway what episode fave episode slash interview there's a lot um a pair that i really or one episode i know i really like was a paired interview between uh Taya kasahara and uh and mel carroll that yeah. interview was really fun uh but like it was one of those ones where your face hurts from laughing so hard and i think that was our first interview with people we didn't know like directly. yeah no that's true and what i thought was really interesting about that too was that they fully bought in oh my god they went for it and they were like one-upping like each other's stories and mel and i got to dunk on the cadre you <laughs> newspaper any chance to dunk on it i mean yeah. um just really cool really uh we haven't had, I don't know if we've had like another writer uh, of the same like capacity as like Mel, because Mel yeah. is like a published writer. And I, I, I hope, I hope I'm not forgetting anybody when I say that, but we also, I don't think we've had another opera singer. Like, like well, yeah. no. And, and it was, it was, it was so interesting because both of them are creating such important work. Yeah. And it was so, it was so humbling to talk to them and have them laugh with us yeah. And like, accept our stupid bullshit podcast as yeah. like an important thing that they were doing. And they just did it like that. That to me was just a cool moment of like, yeah, okay, we'll, we'll dive in. Uh, and it kind of motivated us to, uh, yeah, keep going, like be fearless yeah. with who we reach out to. 
I am. Um, I appreciate that a lot. Yeah. I, I think for me, I mean, yeah, Taya and Mel were up there for me too, but I, I think, I mean, James Mullinger was such a force of nature. Man, he, he nearly like, it got so, that episode was so long. He had to make his own podcast to like, fill <laughs> he just kept no, but talking. Like, but like, we, we were really good about keeping it to the 40 minute Zoom time limit because at that point, neither of us had an account. Yeah. Right. Because we, again, it was still really early days. And so James was our first multiple section interview. Yeah. 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 That was legendary. Oh yeah. God, that day but, but I, you know, I think about some of the people that we got to interview, like we got to interview Liam Corcoran, yep. who was one of our heroes when we were younger. Yep. We got to interview Sean Collins. Yep. Like incredible stuff. Like just like looking back at some of the memories. I mean, even getting us off on the right foot, like Adam Brazier's Lysol wipe story. Man, I think that's like, what, 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 a, what a, what a foot to start off on. That really redefined like how we frame and how we build this podcast, because all we did was we knew we wanted to have guests on to share a story. We kind of really just wanted to goof around just you and me, like Ben. And mm-hmm. I. Um, but then Adam coming on, he, um, he just took it to another level. And we realized after recording, oh my God, we have a, a concept on our hands that could be really interesting because it's as like the episode kind of lives with the, uh, the guests. So making it really guest focused, we haven't done uh, a traditional like kind of guest interview episode in a long time, but Ben and I are really busy these days. Uh, Ben's company, Desert Island Theater Company, me and my solo show, Midnight Baby, we've been working really hard on this. So that's why we've only had time to really dive in for like occasional, like one-off episodes or bonus episodes. But I can't wait to get back and doing like guest featured episodes once again. Honestly, yeah. And even just talking about all of these reminds me how much fun it was to get to talk to these people about all the stupid shit that they've done in their lives. Yeah. You know, and uh, if if you want to experience that for yourself, season one is available on Anchor or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah. Now that that's out of the way, Justin, please. Our next question. Our next question. Uh, this question is, what is your favorite cartoon you watched as a child and what lesson did you learn in one of the episodes? Ooh. So this is from Izzy, right? Yeah. Is, uh, is Mania Castillo, uh, is a, uh, child and youth mentor. She's on, uh, she was actually a previous guest on our podcast. She now works with, uh, Dylan and Kwame, who were also previous guests on our podcast, they went off and made their own podcast. How, how, how do you like that? How many of our past guests went on to make their own podcast? <laughs> Which are now more successful than ours. I know. <laughs> but, uh, but they, they work a lot with kids, the three of them. And Izzy came in with this uh, great question about uh, cartoons you watch as a kid. And I feel like she was watching Arthur when, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. Yeah, right. Um, that totally makes sense to me. So uh, what do you um, got for favorite cartoons? I saw this on the list and I tried to think and I was like, oh my God, what did I watch as a child? And I couldn't remember a single cartoon that I watched as a child. Wow. And I had to think about it really hard while you were talking. So I wasn't listening. I apologize. <laughs> um, but I think it's going to be Rupert. Okay. Like that like old school British cartoon about the bear. um with like the red sweater and the yellow scarf and he goes on these crazy adventures yeah um 
it's it's definitely not super politically correct anymore in a lot of ways hmm. um because it's very it's very steeped in that british colonialism right of the time um but i will say that the lesson that it taught me was i remember it was one of my sick day shows so i'd be homesick from school and i'd watch like there'd be like three episodes of arthur in a row or not arthur uh, of rupert in a row uh on like teletoon or ytv yeah. or something and it really kind of uh it really kind of underlined for me the importance of imagination every episode did and it wasn't even just one episode because he would go on all these crazy adventures with like submarines and flying machines and dragons and yeah. all of this stuff and then he would come home at the end of the day and his mother would be like what did you get up to and he's like oh i've had the most brilliant day and then you kind of got left with like did it actually happen or did he just believe it happened yeah you know what i mean and it was just like yeah. so powerful and beautiful he was a he dressed like a little hipster didn't he he did yep yeah a little wiener <laughs> i don't know i never actually watched rupert but i was always just kind of like okay this seems like very artful and like yeah oh family let's be nice oh yay not me. I came in strong as a kid. My favorite cartoon as a kid was The Simpsons. I watched <laughs> Simpsons from when I was Boo. Yeah. Rookie. Good Simpsons though. Like, um, yeah. this was like season three to season eight Simpsons. Like, mm -hmm. I know it wasn't probably appropriate for a kid, but I loved it. And an episode that actually stands out a lot to me was in season uh, I think season one or two when Bart was failing the fourth grade and he begged and he pleaded for another chance to uh, uh, to pass, like take another test. And so he actually studied and he actually tried. And then whenever he takes the test, he still failed. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like he tried his best and he still failed and he just breaks down and Kerbopple suddenly like you know lets her guard down a little bit like puts the blade down and uh has a moment of being uh like a mentor to 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 Bart and just sees the pain he's in and actually the knowledge that he has obtained and the work he's put into it and she gives him uh just that extra push that little passing grade that he needed because he exhibited it it's just the, the testing score just didn't reflect it. And it's just such a shame because I think that's something uh, a lot of students relate to in, in schools. And that was something that me, I was a very academic kid. Like I, I got great grades, but um, uh, just seeing that kind of opened my mind to like, you can still try so hard and still fail. And that blew, blew yeah. my mind. And yeah, yeah. seeing the kid who was like the teenage badass or not teenage, but the junior badass, you know, it's still crying. And I'm like, when you see the tough kid cry, like, I'm like, God, no, like that hurts. Like, yeah. Uh, the first five seasons of the Simpsons, man, are like, there's a lot of stuff in there. That's like heart wrenching, you know? And then, then they go to like space and it's like, what? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Justin, um, which leg do you prefer? Which leg? And this question, uh, was qualified with, uh, doesn't have to be our legs. Uh, oh okay yeah it could be someone else's or <laughs> i i like my legs frankly i'm a runner so i i am a fan of my own legs uh if that makes me conceited then that makes me conceited uh 
I don't know. What other legs? Chicken legs are pretty good. Yeah. Don't mind a chicken leg. Good drumstick. Uh, the leg lamp from uh, <laughs> Christmas Story. Oh, you mean this leg lamp? Oh God, you have a you have the thing, don't you? Yeah, you do. God, the fragile. Benton. It's Italian. It says fragile. Benton is showing uh, listeners on this uh, clearly a visual based podcast. The uh, a, what was it? A pencil case? It's it's a it's a mug actually a mug. that I'm using as a pencil cup. Right. And it's the leg from uh, the leg in the box from uh, Christmas yep. Story. Uh, so yeah, that's a fine, fine leg. Um, um, Stacy Keebler, <laughs> great set of legs. I'll say yeah. it. I'm a. Uh, I, I'm. You're a leg man. I'm. A, I, I like. I like. I'm an everything man. I, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> that's fair. I'm. I'm. I'm down. Um, for all of it. I don't like my legs. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, I don't know what it is. Uh, it's probably a lifestyle thing, but I'm feeling my legs are currently feeling every second of my 30 years. Oh, uh, yeah. I was just like walking down the streets of Georgetown the other day and my ankle gave out and I had to like limp back to work. So, yeah, like, I don't know. My legs are my legs and I are not getting along right now. Let's Jeez. say that much. But in terms of legs that I prefer, I'm going to go with um, a leg. Justin that has uh, cultural clout. It was perhaps the most famous leg in the world for a while back a few years ago. You might remember. I'm going to go with Angelina Jolie's leg in that ridiculous dress she wore to the Oscars that time. You remember that? It had Thank a slit. It like the, the the dress had a slit in it, and she was just standing in this ridiculous way that showed off her entire leg, and everyone was like, "Wow." That is Angelina Jolie's leg. And so that is a leg that I prefer. Not for any particular uh, attractiveness reasons, though it is a very nice looking leg. I just appreciate a leg that can make news. There you go. Uh, I've, it's funny when you said that, I thought you were going to say Terry Fox. Uh, oh, oh. But like, uh, it, I, I was not. Um, but but I, like, I do. Important you know, cultural leg. I mean, like, he had a. He had an amputee leg and like that helped him win his run yeah. across the world. Uh, but instead you went with Angelina Jolie and you know what? Fine. It's fine. Yeah. You know, uh, I really missed that opportunity, I guess. Instead of Terry Fox, <laughs> you went with a Fox. Hey, we're having fun. Hey, having fun. Um, next question is, this is a comment and um, I don't know if I quite understand it. It just says hats with three question marks. Uh, I mean, I'm going to say yes. Okay. I love hats. Uh, I'm a big baseball fan, as you know, and uh, I collect baseball hats. Mm-hmm. So so I'm definitely pro hat. I wonder if it's like offering hats. It's like hats. Well, look, look, either way, if it's asking whether or not we like hats, the answer is yes. If they're offering hats to me, I will also say yes. Or is it like, hats like aghast uh, <laughs> uh and i guess I, the answer is only yes i think no matter what way you look at it yes it's hats um, yeah yes i want a hat yes i believe in hats yes i believe in the rights of hats would i watch a m- musical made by andrew lloyd weber based on a haberdasher's life called hats yes i would all the things to do with hats i guess yes the only way i would say no is do you not want a hat 
No, I don't not want a hat, which is yes, I do. Okay, so we're down to our final two questions of the uh, of the session, Justin. Rock and roll. And these ones are important. Okay. This next one, I assume, comes from our mutual friend Dana Doucette. Uh, I don't know that for a fact. I I think so. I, I forget who submitted yeah. it, but. Uh... Um, and I'm interested in your uh, input on this because I do have an answer for this question. I'm just curious about what you're going to say yeah. because it seems particularly geared towards one of us and it's not you. Yeah, so, definitely not. Um, I'm curious, Justin, here's, here's the question. Yeah. Who do you think will win series 11 of Taskmaster? Uh, me, I guess. Oh yeah, you think you're going to? I guess so. Uh, okay. I think... Once I figure out what it is, uh, I think I'll, I'll do good. Okay, cool, great. Um, who, who do you think? So my actual answer, and I've been talking to a couple of my friends who follow Taskmaster about this. Um, and if it wasn't indeed Dana that asked this question, then I think Dana and I have also talked about this a little bit too. So the answer to who I think is going to win versus who I think is doing the best, it's a little bit different. So. Right now, Sarah Kendall is up by almost 20 points. So I think that she's pretty much going to win. It, like 20 points can 20 points can evaporate pretty quickly in this game. But I think, you know, we're halfway through the series. She's up 90 to 71 on the second place uh, finisher. Yeah. I think she's got it pretty well in hand. She's doing a great job. Yeah. However, I think that Mike Wozniak is perhaps having the best showing of any uh, Taskmaster candidate in throughout the 11 series just out of sheer weirdness and like commitment to a character of like the bedraggled guidance counselor character that he's come in with and uh yeah i i'm a big mike wozniak fan i think he's doing really well but sarah kendall has such an important lead lee mack is in there he's doing his thing he's a little bit too complainy though he's really he's really he's really getting on alex's case about the rules which is never fun uh, Jamali actually is coming on really strong. He started off really weak, but he's coming on now and he actually did a really great job of a few of a few tasks in the last episode. And then, you know, Charlotte Richie, God lover, is also there. Yeah, it's uh... that's my review of season eleven of Taskmaster uh, yeah. as of episode five, which came out last night. So yeah, it's a it's a show. Uh, uh, best of luck, everybody. Yeah, I would I would recommend watching it. It's all free on YouTube. I will, but uh, yeah, you know, that wasn't necessarily to you, that was to the public. I mean, I'm gonna be spending two weeks in isolation in order to get to PEI, so you know, I'm looking for content to consume. That's true. And finally, Justin, here we are. Here we are, the big one. The big one. This is uh, do you want to ask it? Shall I? I, I, I mean, we've already sort of alluded to what the question is, so yeah, we might as well go ahead uh how have you two stayed friends sort of a serious question uh submitted by uh greg doran our theater studies professor slash director slash life mentor in varying capacities uh throughout our lives uh through greg that uh ben and i first uh first met and got to know each other yeah and I, I actually really appreciate that he asked this question because a lot of people out there, I think, ask it in kind of an ironic 
yeah sort of way where they're like how are you guys still friends but like you know it's been 11 years yeah that's kind of nuts uh i don't i don't really know what to say because this is the only life i've lived you know it's not like i have anything to measure it up to i just know in my childhood uh and adolescence i never had a friend with someone who i connected with uh on just a personal level but also could make laugh quite so easily uh and also took such great pleasure in slapping around uh (laughs) and working with just knowing i can work with you but also someone who's kind of a an antithesis to a lot of my existence in the world in a good way, like a yin to my yang. I think uh, I think counterpoint is probably a nicer way to say that than antithesis, but I, I don't know. You kind of you zig where I zag in a lot of Yeah, ways. fair enough. In fair the enough. same in the same kind of pool, we or people say we're very similar, but reality, like you and I know we're how different we are. Yeah. Um I don't know. I, I once kind of broke it down. Uh, got a little intense in explaining it to someone uh, but what our fears are Benton is afraid to be seen I'm afraid to disappear yeah uh, but in terms of how we stayed friends I just I've never had a friend quite like you so why would you let that person not be such an important part of your life like why would you not make room for someone who has had only a great and positive presence in your life? Why would you let that go? Why would you, why would you, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think I feel pretty much the same way. Like in terms of like the actual logistics of like, how do you guys stay friends? Like yeah. you figure it out. Well, you figure it and it, it's, it's the same as any other sort of relationship, right? It's like communication rules the nation. Yeah. And so I think that's something that we have gotten better at over the course of this last year is just being like, Hey, I'm actually kind of pissed off about this. Let's talk about it. Yeah. And I'm happy for it. I think it's come up more since like we've been working together Yeah, and we can just kind of pinpoint things. Uh, Little things tend to ding and fly off, but like, if it's something that we feel that is like going to cause more concern down the line, it's Mm -hmm. like, let's address it and just kind of, uh, sort it sorted out and by and large we're usually on the same page and I have felt little pushback about stuff like well and, and I find too like whenever we have these big important conversations it turns out that we're actually arguing the same side of the issue but we kind of assumed that the other person was on the other side of it yeah that's <laughs> more often than not and that's where comp- like competition uh, <laughs> communication comes into comes yeah. into play uh but I, yeah. yeah like like I will say though like there was a time there where we weren't really maintaining the friendship very much. Like we weren't talking every day or anything. Right. We were just sort of like, yeah, Justin's there when I need him and like, whatever. And I'll message him and he won't respond. And I'll just like, it's not personal or whatever. It's just like, you're busy. I'm busy. Like whatever. And then. Yeah. Cause I remember reaching out to you uh, recently and being like, Hey man, it's crazy that the pandemic got us talking again every day. 
Yeah. But it, it wasn't, it wasn't necessarily the pandemic. It was that like, I was going through a really tough time right before the pandemic even started. Yeah. And you were like that, ha- it, it had nothing to do with the pandemic. I like, we just, we just realized what we meant to each other. Yeah. There came a point and not to be too candid about it here. It's obviously a very personal situation with you. There was a point when I was worried and a point where I was like, you need some consistency in your life. And that was just something I was sensing from you. And I knew I could provide that. And so I did like just, and all that meant was being something you could check in with every day. And it just, I made it a priority in my life to make myself more available to you. And it was not something I ever like announced publicly or privately. (laughs) He's going to need someone to talk to a lot more consistently. Like we're always just kind of there in each other's lives. Like it was just like kind of accepted as like, not to say commonplace, but you were just there. And it was like, yeah, of course. Why would I give it away? You know, like I might not use it every day, but I'm not going to get rid of it either. But then it came a point around that period, that tough time where I was like, ah, Ben should have, um, have a friend and i got it it did a lot for me too but um yeah i think that part where we not to say grew apart we just didn't communicate quite as consistently was uh i was in school i moved twice yeah yeah uh i moved to fort mcmurray in 2014 uh while i was there in alberta i got accepted into theater school in montreal and I started going there. So, and a lot of my time was split between Fort McMurray and Montreal, occasionally coming back to PEI, like few and far between. So uh, I was, I was just in a lot of different places. And so it just made like, it made it hard to connect with Island friends. I'm more connected now that I'm kind of grounded in a single spot mm-hmm. and out of school. But um, yeah, like, but again, like, like it's, it's, again, it's the same as any relationship, right? It's, it's constant communication and an active commitment to maintaining it. I think friends it's, I think, uh, like, obviously we're not like lovers. So like, if like there was like a physical component, like if we were like <laughs> lovers, it'd be like, oh, that's complicated. Uh, whereas friends, you can have lots of friends, you know, you yeah. have plenty of friends, but if you're in like a monogamous relationship with someone, then like that kind of hurts the heart a little bit more. Uh, whereas this it was like, we can maintain our friendship relationship. We can maintain that, uh, over social media. We can do that over zoom or phone calls, working on a project together from, from a distance. There are ways to maintain that that are definitely a lot easier than, uh, if this were a, uh, like a romantic, in, like physically intimate yeah. relationship. And like, contrary to what you've been hearing. Yeah. It's not. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> I mean, I don't like, I don't know if we would function well as a, as a couple, like if we're going to go into that, I, I do not think, uh we would uh one of us would kill each other uh yeah, no for sure i think you would finally snap and kill me in my sleep <laughs> i think i would do something hilarious that would kill you probably by accident and uh for for, for instagram or something yeah for the group yeah. <laughs> uh and my response uh listeners i know this isn't a uh you can't see me but my response would be just, he's, shrug, he's shrugging like a sitcom character. 
<laughs> you know, it happens. And uh, yeah, so this this friendship has been 11 years strong and yeah. all we've got to show for it is this crummy podcast. Yeah. So. And, <laughs> you know, well, I mean, we also have a we have theater that we do together, I guess. Yeah, we have theater we do together. And yeah, I mean, you know, like we you did, said, yeah, it's it's the only life we've lived. So what else do we know, right? Yeah, why would... And for anyone who is like, I think you and I are kind of, at least at this point, like the way we're kind of wired for what kind of relationships we want in our lives, we're not really fair weather with each other either. Like stuff means something like we take yeah. communication seriously and we're not flaky with each other. We're not fake with each other. Uh, why would you need someone like that in your life? Right. It's just, it's, it's honestly, it's, uh it's not as complicated as you might think and just kind of taking a step back and saying what do you what means what what means the most to you in your life i think i have maybe five friends that like i do keep up with consistently that i uh i, I need them in my life and that's just yeah. something i need and uh you're definitely high on that list my friend well and it's it's important to be able to admit that you need people because i think yeah. there's a lot of stuff going on in the world that seems to punish people for being that vulnerable yeah and that sucks like you, you know, know but anyway yeah we hey. don't need to go down this model and road justin we know hey. what we mean to each other and everyone else knows it too Walk um we'd like to thank everyone who asked questions especially well not especially but also the people <laughs> that asked more than one yeah um i think we got through all of them if there's any we left out listeners we apologize uh yeah. maybe maybe we'll do something like this again uh down the line this is just a fun way we want to kind of connect with our listeners a little more directly uh yeah. we thought this would be a fun way to do it so uh yeah this has been half a star we hope we'll be in front of your ears again with some guests before long uh but until that time i have been ben I have been Justin. Make sure to wear a mask. Get a vaccine. Whichever one's closest to your arm, just get it. And everything will be fine. Don't go to the park. Black lives matter. Trans lives matter. Stop anti-Asian hate. Just be good people and love each other. For Benton, God's sakes. Benton, sit down. <laughs> <laughs> what he said, be kind, work hard. Love the world.